You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after a big night at Truist Park. The Atlanta Braves win for the second consecutive day, which means that they have moved into first place all alone. They beat Jacob deGrom on Friday. They beat Max Scherzer on Saturday. They have a chance to sweep on Sunday, and we got a lot to talk about on this episode of the show. We'll get to it after I remind you to subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta here on YouTube and, of course, Locked On Braves, wherever you get your podcasts. Jake, let's not waste any time here. The Atlanta Braves came into a series with with three must-win games and two of the best pitchers in all of baseball starting those first two, and the Braves have come out victorious on back-to-back days. This has been a lot of fun, obviously, for Braves fans, but you said it. I mean, coming into this series, you're facing Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, and must-win games, and I was tweeting about it early, and I talked about it even yesterday. Mm -hmm. I am loving the at-bats from this Atlanta Braves offense. Look, we haven't seen it at times, especially in the month of September, but when they really bear down and they focus, as you heard Dansby talk about, you know, after the game in his post-game mm-hmm. interview, the at-bats tonight were just unbelievable. They're not changing their approach. They're still aggressive early in the counts, but it's after that where they're working at-bats, getting good pitches, and when they're getting mistakes, they are taking advantage of them. So, I can't be more thrilled with the way this offense looks right now. No matter what happens the rest of this regular season, it lets me know in the postseason this offense is coming to play. And if they focus like that and have at-bats like they have been these last two games, and as we've seen them have this season, I talked about it after that series in City Field, I really thought they started to bear down offensively. So they take that offense into the postseason with all that power they got. I got all the confidence in the world in these guys. Yeah, and they should have all the confidence in the world in themselves. And, of course, they won it all last year, so they know a little bit about winning big games. But you knew that this year, this was going to be an October preview, a playoff preview, because the New York Mets have been one of the best teams in baseball all year long. They have had the Braves number at times all year long. They have led by as many as 10 and a half games in the standings at one point before the Braves really had a chance to even kind of get themselves going this year. We all know what's happened since June the 1st. The Braves have been the hottest team in baseball and they've erased that 10-and-a-half-game deficit and now have a one-game lead heading into the final four games of the season. Let's talk about game number 158, the middle contest of the three-game set against the Mets. New York now 98-60, and two runs, eight hits, no errors, seven men left on base. Braves 99-59, and four runs, 11 hits, no errors. They left five men on. Kyle Wright picks up the win, his 21st of the season, most by a Braves pitcher since Russ Ortiz back in 2003. Obviously, that was Atlanta's last 20-game winner. Kyle Wright has now matched him as far as the highest win total by a Braves pitcher in the last couple of decades. That just another uh, accolade for this young righty in what has been a breakout season for him. Max Scherzer takes the loss. He allowed all four runs to the Braves, a couple of home runs, one by that man Dansby Swanson we'll talk about in a moment. Scherzer drops to 11-5. and Kinley Jansen, a flawless ninth inning, came in, mowed the Mets down, and that's what the Braves' bullpen did after Kyle Wright was out of this game. So everybody played their part. Save number 39 for Kinley. Two hours, 54 minutes of time, 42,561 paid to see it at Truist Park. Uh, let's talk about the pitching here, and let's start with Kyle Wright. He of the 21 victories that I don't think you could have possibly predicted back in spring training. You know, he had to grind it out in the first inning. 
I felt like he got better as things went along. He got in a little bit of two-out trouble in the fifth inning. But overall, I mean, this was more or less the Cal Wright that we've seen all year long. You know, five runs, or excuse me, five innings, not five runs, five innings, two runs, one walk, three strikeouts for him, seven hits. And I did feel like, Jake, he started to kind of settle in after he found his footing in the first inning in which he gave up a run. Those first two at-bats of the game, really tough. And obviously, Nimmo, you know, very aggravating hit, yep. hitter. But he made some pitches in those at-bats, you know, that were good pitches. But, you know, good teams, good hitters, they fouled those off. And some good at-bats. Pete Alonzo, he got ahead one, two, through a really good sinker in on him that Alonzo fouled off. And then he just kind of lost control, ended up walking him. But you're right, he really settled down after that first inning. Good, did a good job of damage control, only giving up that one run in that first inning. And after that, I thought it was more of the Kyle Wright we're used to seeing. Yeah, he gave up seven hits, seven singles. And that's the very key, you know, when Kyle Wright is pitching, he's going to give up his hits, but can you keep them to singles? You know, are they ground balls on that sinker that just get through the infield? And that's exactly what we saw from him. And I know he gave up those three, you know, straight singles with two outs in the fifth. I really thought he might come back out for the six because he was rolling. And I thought Snicker would want to save the bullpen a little bit, but Snicker trusts that bullpen and they have given him every reason to with the way that they pitched tonight, four innings, just one hit allowed. So uh, that bullpen right now is looking very good for the Atlanta Braves following up Kyle Wright, who, like you said, just got better as the game went on. He really did. And I know we're, we're talking about, I mean, we're 158 games into the season for Kyle Wright. I mean, he's made 30 plus starts at this point or 30 starts anyway. He's won 21 of those. I don't think I need to sit here and tell you the difference between the Kyle Wright we saw the first four years of his career and the Kyle Wright that's been out there in 2022, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know, th- that kind of first inning where maybe he was not getting calls and things were not going his way, there was a tendency for things to kind of go sideways. But Kyle Wright has proven time and again every fifth day this year, he is a completely different pitcher. It's not going to save him from the occasional clunker in an offense that just has his number on a particular night, but he just does such a great job, I think, of adjusting and, as you mentioned, limiting the kind of contact that's being made against him. Seven singles in this game, you'll take that. And only one walk, even though he wasn't necessarily pounding the strike zone and and getting all of the calls he wanted to, he was competitive in and around the strike zone, and that means a contact team like the Mets, they're going to take the bat off their shoulder. They're going to put it in play. Kyle Wright allowed that to happen, and it worked out ultimately to his advantage because the Braves offense was taking the bat off their shoulder and going to battle against Max Scherzer in this game. Five and two-thirds innings for Scherzer, four runs on nine hits. He allowed two home runs in this one, no walks, only four strikeouts. And uh, let's go ahead and just discuss the big play of this game. It was Dansby Swanson with a go-ahead two-run homer. When you look at the matchup between Swanson and Scherzer, I mean, these are two guys that know each other very well from all the battles there have been between the Washington Nationals and the Atlanta Braves over the years, and now Scherzer with the Mets a handful of times this year. Eight for 48 coming into the year, uh, coming into this game. 19 strikeouts, only one home run off Scherzer, but a 3-2 pitch. Dansby deposits it over the wall in left center field, and the Braves go on to win this game. They take the lead on that go-ahead home run, and for the second consecutive day, you get a big home run from Dansby. You get another home run from Matt Olson. DeGrom and Scherzer came in looking to keep the ball in the park. The Braves, though, were not going to cooperate in that endeavor. Big at bat there, and you saw that hole at bat. Scherzer's worried about Acuna over there at Mm -hmm. first base, and maybe that played into that 3-2 pitch a little bit because he had gotten Dansby to chase a couple of sliders in that at bat, and then he decided to throw a fastball that he missed location. He wanted it away, and if he paints the corner, he probably gets a strikeout there or, or an out, but he misses his spot, and it was kind of in the same spot that Dansby hit the home run off the Grom last night. You don't want to throw fastballs middle in 
to Dansby Swanson. That's his sweet spot, and he did not miss it. He delivered. Man, is he clutch. I mean, the two biggest games of the year, and he goes deep off of Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer again. That asking price for Dansby Swanson continues <laughs> to go up. I mean, he just comes through in clutch moments. He makes winning plays, and I've said that about him his entire career. Even when he hasn't been the hitter that he is this year, defensively especially, he just makes winning plays, and that's who Dansby Swanson is, and he came up big for the Braves right there in that spot. And then Matt Olson, that guy heating up a little bit, another home run as well to kind of get that insurance yeah. late. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit more about the Braves offense in a moment. But before we move on from Dansby Swanson, I also want to point out in that fifth inning where the three consecutive hits against Kyle Wright all came with two outs, keep in mind Dansby Swanson was uh, busy robbing a base hit in that frame. It could have gotten a little bit more out of hand, but another great play by Dansby defensively. And to your point, he's been showing up with the glove all year long. I mean, you look at the outs above average leaders, you'll find Dansby Swanson at or near the top of that list. He has been just phenomenal in the field this year, and his offense has been steady and clutch. So the times you need him are the times that he shows up. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Braves' offense and, of course, the great work by the Atlanta bullpen and get you set up for Game 3 of this series. But I want to remind you, Coffee AM is the official sponsor of the Braves' postcast. Coffee AM is an Atlanta-based small-batch coffee roaster. Head on over to coffeeam.com slash locked on today. Get a look at their full menu. They've got coffees, teas, and gift sets. i got a lot of great stuff from Coffee AM. It's how I start my day. You should do the same. That's coffeeam.com slash locked on. Use that coupon code locked on to get 15% off your first order. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. Now, it wasn't just Dansby Swanson in this game. Heck, it wasn't even just Matt Olson in this game. But home runs in back-to-back days against DeGrom and Scherzer, yeah, that's going to grab some headlines. But how about Ronald Acuna Jr. with a three-hit game, including that just great batted ball luck to drop a single into shallow right field? And that certainly came in handy, as it turned out, in that inning. Austin Riley had three hits and scored a run in this game as well. And Matt Olson up to 99 runs knocked in on the season. I mean, there's so many different ways to look at this and talk about it. So I'll kind of let you unpack all of those things and, and what these guys have done. But you knew that Ronald Acuna Jr. and Austin Riley and Matt Olson and Dansby Swanson needed to show up big time in this series. And man, have they ever each in these uh, first couple of games given the Braves some big hits and gotten the offense rolling because you need the top and the heart of your order to be part of beating a team like the New York Mets. I started this podcast talking out about um, how great the offense has done against DeGrom and Scherzer. 14 hits in 11 and two-thirds innings, five home runs against yep. those two in this series. And on this night, Saturday, 10 of the 11 hits tonight came from the top five in the, in the lineup, to your point there. The guys at the top getting it done. Michael Harris, the only one not included in that that didn't have a hit, but he had three hard-hit balls this night. Mm -hmm. And to me, he had one of the best swings of the night. Unfortunately, Nimmo was shading him to left center field, but that was a beautiful swing and a great hit that would have played it at least one if it got down. But, uh, you know, he had some good swings as well. So the top of the order, like you said, coming up big in the biggest spots, that's exactly what you want to see. And Acuna getting on base, yeah, he had, you know, a soft, infield's uh, hit he got that bloop to right and then he did you know shoot one the other way hard uh that you love to see as well but him getting on base and i talked about it earlier just the speed threat that he is on first base that pitchers have to be aware of you know that plays into effect with what the pitcher does and, and helps out the hitter at the plate in my opinion so yeah. i really love what the top of the order has done in these two games and Hopefully that continues as we get you know through the rest of the regular season and into the postseason. It really does. You know, I was talking to Austin Riley before the game on Friday, and and he was talking about how much he felt like you know his game, his pregame work, whether he's in the cage, whether he was in BP, 
everything feels good. And he didn't feel like he was just throwing away at bats over the last month and a half or so. He wasn't striking out at an alarming rate. And he just said, hey, I'm looking for that one barrel to get me going. I'm looking forward to that. Well, then he goes out and hits a home run off Jacob deGrom last night to get the Braves on the board. Now he comes out, gets three more hits tonight. That man gets heated up. Matt Olson gets heated up. Ronald Acuna Jr. gets heated up. And then all of a sudden you've got that that bunch. And then Dansby Swanson, obviously, with the big hits that he's had in this one. And you start to get a feeling of what this Braves offense is capable of when it's at its absolute best. And the Mets, obviously, got a little bit of a taste of that on this night. And in particular, Max Scherzer. So the Braves beat these two, slay these two dragons in the first couple of games of this series and now have themselves in position to sweep away the Mets on Sunday. Now, before we talk about Sunday's game, I want to give a special, you know, uh, just a bit of attention here and talk about what the Braves bullpen did in this game. Dylan Lee came on in the sixth inning, scoreless frame. Jesse Chavez in the seventh, scoreless frame. Bryce Iglesias in the eighth, scoreless frame. You might be noticing a pattern here. Kenley Jansen looked great in the ninth inning, got him one, two, three, four innings, uh, no hits in, or excuse me, no runs, one hit, five strikeouts, no walks. That's the kind of stuff that you need out of this bullpen. The one hit even at that, was one that was that could have been handled, I think, by Orlando Arcia with Jesse Chavez on the mound. So overall, you had almost perfect work from this Braves bullpen to shut down the Mets offense. Like I said, coming into this series, if you'd have told me Max Freed and Kyle Wright only last five innings, I, I mm-hmm. thought I would have said, well, you know, I'll be a little bit worried about the outcomes. But, you know, Snicker not afraid to go to this bullpen, especially after, you know, they just had their best month in September. And you put Jesse Chavez. I can't believe the story of Jesse Chavez. There's got to yeah. be a book written about this guy. But you bring <laughs> him out in a big spot in the seventh inning, and you said he gave up, you know, a quote unquote hit there. I think RC has got to make that play. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just what he's been able to do in a Braves uniform, Iglesias was just filthy in what he did in that eighth inning. I mean, poor Francisco Alvarez out there just had no chance. I mean, he has been absolutely nasty. And then Kinley, look, it's simple. Uh, and I say it's simple. I'm sure it's not simple to, you know, to do as a pitcher, but if that cutter is in the zone and he has command of it, he is good. We saw, you know, the two sides of that, you know, last night, he just didn't have very good command of it was, was not able to locate it where he wanted to, but on this night he was. And when he can do that, hitters just can't hit that pitch and it's very effective. And we saw that. Uh, so good to see him bounce back, have a clean outing. I'll be honest. I was a little worried uh, coming in, but glad to see him come in there and just shut the door with an easy ninth inning and the Braves be able to take this series. Yeah, and the Braves have that chance to take the series. Now, quite obviously, we need to talk about the NL East race and setting this up. Atlanta is now one game up in the National League East standings after beating the Mets in the first two games of the series. They came in by some simple math, trailing by one. But most importantly here, well, one of the important factors, the season series is now tied up at nine games apiece as well. So Sunday becomes kind of a, a game that could make really the division swing even more so in the favor of that club that wins on Sunday because you would have that tiebreaker. So no matter what happens, who's leading the division or how the final series goes for both of these clubs, for the Nationals and the, or for the Mets and the Nationals and for the Braves and the Marlins, you don't have to spend time you know, kind of wringing your hands wondering about, oh, I wish I had that tiebreaker. You need to go out and get that tiebreaker. It's a crucial win uh, for both clubs, a huge game. I mean, they're all huge, but they just seem to get more and more so. And that's kind of the way it works here. When you get down to the end and you've got yourself a pennant race, uh, the Braves and the Mets, though, will wrap things up on Sunday at Truist Park. 7.08 Eastern time is the first pitch. Another national game on ESPN. It's Charlie Morton. He of the new one-year deal with the Braves. 9-6. and six. Chris Bassett, 15-8 and eight for the New York Mets. You know, I, I know both of these pitching staffs have been 
I think, you know, pretty strong this year. And it's not just about the first starter or the, the ace of the staff or the first couple of starters. I think that there's been some good depth for both of these clubs. But lately, it's kind of cracked behind, you know, Scherzer and DeGrom. And then you have Bassett. And then for the Mets, it gets a little bit questionable after that. For the Braves, obviously, you've got Freed and you've got Wright. You're not with Strider right now. You don't have him. Charlie Morton's kind of been an enigma this year, but it's safe to say that this is Charlie's biggest start of the season, but he's no stranger, uh, Jake, to throwing big games in the course of his career. This is my, what I said for Charlie Morton when I did my my uh, preview of this series on Friday is step up. I mean, this is what the Braves got him for. He has not been that pitcher for a lot of this season, but we know what he can do in these moments. We know the type of swing and miss stuff that he has when he's on. So mm-hmm. this is his time here, you know, this start and going into the postseason. The Braves need him to step up, especially with Strider. I saw, you know, you reported he he still hasn't thrown mm-hmm. yet. So we don't know what it's going to be for Strider if he's going to be available in the postseason or when. So the Braves need Charlie Morton to be that $20 million pitcher that they just re-signed for another year. They need him to be that guy starting Sunday night because you mentioned it. This is the key game. The Braves win this game, their magic number is one. They lose this game, you know, then it becomes, the Mets magic number becomes three. So you're still in a good spot, but you don't control your own destiny. You win this game, all you need is one more win or a Mets loss and you clinch the division. So this is a huge swing game. It's been great to see what they've done in the first two games of this series, but got to finish it off. And in order to do that, they need Charlie Morton to step up. Yeah, they need Charlie Morton to step up. He'll be looking for a win number 10 of the year. He's 9-6. and six. Chris Bassett, 15-8 and eight for the Mets. He has been a stabilizing force in their rotation. They're certainly happy with what he's done, and they're going to be handing him the ball and easily, I would say, the biggest start of his career as well. So it's going to be interesting to see. I, I wouldn't say this is the biggest start of Charlie's career, but you get what I'm saying. The stakes are pretty high here for both of these clubs because they want to chart their course and control their destiny in the postseason. Yes, both clubs are going to October, but both clubs also know the value of not having to go through that wild card round in order to advance and go on and do the things you really want to do in October. And we'll see who's able to wrench away this game and finish off the job that was this three-game series for both of these clubs. They came in, I'm sure, with a sweep on their mind. If the Mets had been able to do it, well, then they would have been celebrating at Truist Park and maybe even had some champagne on ice, I heard, at one point. But they did not have that after losing game one. At least there was a delivery of champagne is what I was told. And I would assume that it has gone on to its next stop. And they'll use it at some point, perhaps. We'll find out. But the Braves would also like to be popping some champagne. But if they do so, it's not going to be a Truist Park on Sunday. And they will remain committed to doing the, the job and going game to game because that's simply been the Braves' mindset as they've gone throughout the last few years. And, of course, their March to the World Series in 2021. With all of that said, we'll wrap things up here on the Braves Postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you subscribe here on YouTube and click the bell to get those notifications whenever we drop a new episode and subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Once again, a great night at the ballpark for the Braves. Four two victors over the New York Mets. They go for a sweep on Sunday. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. We will talk to you after that game. And until then, so long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 